We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right, y'all. Big, big week. Did you say y'all? Y'all. I'm Southern. Did you suddenly become Southern? You know I spent some time in Florida. That doesn't count. Florida is its own world. Florida is its own world, but I believe Virginia is as well. Is its own world? Yeah, you guys are Virginia, big. Virginia, Virginia is weird. Virginia is like Maryland where they're like, we're in the South because we're below the Mason-Dixon line. I'm like, that is technically correct. However, wildly inaccurate because you're not from the South unless you're basically in the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> I give you the big 12 essentially if you're like Texas, but yeah, not, Maryland and Virginia are not the South. <laughs> what is that? Mid-Atlantic? I mean, based on CrossFit standards, Mid Atlantic, yeah. But um, I, the South, I, listen, from somebody who lives in deep South Louisiana, I'm like, Maryland and Virginia are definitely not the South. What do you got? A Starbucks card in your hand? You getting coffee? They're gift cards. Everybody, just stack these in your office and buy your members gift cards and just give them out. How much? Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks. Random. Fifteen. Like- Fifteen shekels, since money's not real. <laughs> Like randomly, yeah. you just hand out fifteen dollars gift cards, or are you doing that? No, no, they're for. I, I will give gift cards for referrals, for paid and fulls, and then sometimes for other random stuff. But I typically will buy them five at a time, and I'll go through oh, probably on average about five a month, five five to seven a month. Whenever we tell someone, "Hey, you should be having a referral fee and giving people," you know, whether it's half off for the month or a Starbucks mm-hmm. gift card, they're like. Yeah, but what if the same person refers five people? I'm like, then give them even more. Like they're like worried right. that they're gonna that they're getting a free membership. I'm like, do you understand? They're giving you five members. Um, yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I have to do that for. Um, so this this there's two things there. Um, Devin and Mason. The uh, there's there's two things. One there is I, I think we talked about this before. Don't split the baby. Right? Don't be listen, Jay. Don't be Jay. All right. <laughs> don't be cheap. Okay. I'm frugal. I'm not cheap. Just yeah. yeah. Uh, is there um, the, which is in that scenario, give it to everybody, right? I've had, I've had a scenario where I've given three people the referral. Okay. And again, people freak out because what you're looking at is the short-term repercussion of that. The long-term outcome of that is you will get far more referrals. Like that will come back to, uh, to you tenfold. And the math on it, if you've, if you've done all this correctly is like, it's a mild loss. If you were to give three people the referral, I mean, mild. It's a loss for a month. That's my point. Right. But it's, it's like a, it, you, it might net out to $50 loss, but you have, you will get multiple referrals off of that. Um, so like cool. the, I was just thinking about that. So like these, I, I need to give a referral to two people for somebody that brought in, but from one of those guys who came in first, I have six people that came from that person. I was looking at the numbers the other day. We were looking at last night in the staff meeting. Most of this is intentional, right? Like, and this is crazy. So we always talk about net three. We will probably grow by 100 people in the year 2021. Maybe more, maybe more. Yeah. That's net eight. Mm -hmm. 
But I mean, big bigger point is it's easy to look at, hey, this is a loss. Your job is to keep those people forever. And if you keep them right. for a year, it's not even close to being a loss. I mean, it's just yeah. a huge gain. Right. The And the other... Um... And this is actually a good lead into the topic, which we'll get to in just a second. The other thing is uh, people ask like, hey, how should I frame the, um, the referral, right? Is it, is it dollars or percentage? The shorter answer is there's no right answer. What we typically find to be more effective is the bigger number, right? So if it was uh, 50% or $70, I would go with $70, even though 50% might be more. Right, so just... Even this, like, let me just brainstorm for a moment. Let me in, indulge me. I'm you sorry, a, everybody. You have a, how many, am I going to drink a C4 when I'm in Virginia? Katie, you want to talk on a no, C4? No, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to shotgun. I'm drinking this one because it says it's super brain and it's uh, the color of cotton candy. So you better go yeah. get a second one of those. If it's super brain, you need two of them. Um, we'll drink for one sure. of those right before Cal Sue, Katie. And so listen, you're, you're the only one doing that workout. So what's on the agenda for Thursday and Friday? What are the workouts? Well, one day you guys have to do, uh, Annie and flight simulator. One day I have to do 7,000 double unders. Um, I I did text David Newman, uh, founder of RX owner and said, Hey, can I travel with this rope? And he said, some people do get it taken away. So I'm slightly concerned about why. In general, jump ropes are like, it's up to the specific TSA, but this one, so I've got the heavy metal cord on it and it basically looks like the type of thing you would bring on a plane if you wanted to choke out the pilot. Well, I will tell you this, I have been, this is not a joke. I have been traveling with that RX Smart Gear jump rope for, I have the one in there that we got for the 10 year anniversary, which was how long ago? The The games. Affiliate gathering, you mean? No, no, the 10 year games anniversary. What was that like four or five years ago? No, yeah, because we, yeah, because yeah, yeah. So I, since then I've had that jump rope in my backpack. So every single seminar and anytime I've traveled to go on a vacation anywhere that has been in my backpack and never once had it pulled out. Well, he was like, just tell him it's a jump rope and you're competing. I was like, that's what I would say if I was trying to murder the pilot. So I don't know that that's the best excuse. <laughs> Also, nobody's going to believe you're competing in a fitness competition. There's that too. Even, even though you did tear your little sissy hands at a competition this last weekend. My hands are torn. Yeah. My arms are still not extending. But Some people believe that you did 40 pull-ups in a row. Some said that you probably did 30 and just gave yourself the extra 10. <laughs> um, also, are we going to get finally one of the Yeti wine mugs that I've been promised for months and not ever got first of all who promised you one of those well, I, I asked for one you didn't you promised yourself yeah. one yeah, yeah. So i will give you all i will give you all a crossfit rife 11 year anniversary yeti wine mug and we're gonna get a bottle of wine katie we'll be partying at the airbnb so anyway <laughs> let me go to this you have 100 members 100 percent of those 100 me- members refer one person this month you decide wow that's an Incredible. I'm going to give all of those hundred members, my original members, a free month. Well, guess what? You've just basically exchanged membership. No loss, no gain. But now if you do a good job next month, you have 200 members. Well, that's actually incorrect. You would still have a net gain in that scenario because if you were charging for an onboarding, you would probably, if yeah. you had that scenario, you would probably still net 
your months would be almost identical, right? If you price your onboarding correctly, I would get the onboarding for the new person. And I'd be a little bit under. It'd probably be about up 130 to 145% for that month where you gave all these referrals for your month. The following month, you'd be up 200%. Yeah, point is, point is, don't ever look at referral fees as you're losing money. You're only losing no. referral fees if you're not doing a good job with retention. Right. I, I, I've been really kind of uh, checking on a lot of people. Like as you build your onboarding process, whatever that looks like for you, you need to loop that in there. That needs to be part of the sales conversation as you go through. And this is actually a good segue because this is kind of what I want to talk about. And you and I were having a conversation yesterday. And I said, stop talking about it. We're going to talk about it tomorrow because this is important. You, and we're just trying to get off the phone. I for sure was trying to get off the phone with you. The, um, the, there's, there's essentially three types of boxes. And, and as we go through this scenario, if you're listening to this, I want you to figure out which one you are. The first one, we'll call it one to 5%, probably closer to one, but let's call it five. Okay. This one to 5%, these people are basically masters of their own fate, right? They know, they know how to grow the business. They have a plan. They're executing correctly. They're growing at the rate that they would like to see. They're in the driver's seat. They're in control. Okay. We could agree that this is the minority. So do you want me to give what I was calling that? Or because you're going to work, we have slightly different takes on this. Okay. Yeah. So give me what you would call that one. Well, I didn't even define that in my three. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where you're going with the other two. Well, let me finish then. Fine. <laughs> fine. And then you can give yours, right? The other two, we could just split them down the middle, right? So let's call it, I've got 95%. Let's call it 40, you know, 47.5% each, two equal buckets, okay? One of those buckets, pretty much out of the equation, meaning like dumpster fire, on the verge of failure, they just don't know it yet, right? Like definitely not making any money. The facility's not great. The, the co they just doing it for the wrong reasons, potentially, right? Um, or just refusal to try to make some sort of improvement, okay? This, these are the folks that, similar if you're thinking about clients who come in who, who like the idea of working out, but have no actual real desire to make any change in their life, right? Which is really struggle to watch uh, and similar in this scenario. The group in the middle, which, which you have very accurately described as uh, falling victim to the curse of the OK gym is the one that I'm concerned about. That group of 47.5% are the ones who are doing OK, and they have no idea why. And if we really start to unpack things, they are doing OK because the ecosystem with which they live in has allowed them to survive but they don't know why they're doing okay. They are victim to dips in the month uh, because they just don't know what they're doing or, or just passively exist. They're not doing anything really with any sort of rhyme or reason or strategy with which to grow the business. The 5% that we were talking about, the one to five, those people, if you were to ask them, hey, wh why are you guys doing so well? They would immediately give you a list of things they're like that they were doing to facilitate what is happening. That group in the middle probably is much larger than 47.5%, larger than if we're going to be very honest. And it is the group that I worry about. It's probably the majority of the affiliate owners is because you have CrossFit, which is this amazing thing, but you have no idea why it's actually surviving. We could probably pull some things out and say, hey, low cost of entry. You know, you have a part-time job, which doesn't mean you, you need 
to make money. Um, and you have just enough people to break even, pay the rent and have a couple of volunteer coaches. But you're one or two bad months away from having severe dispute with the landlord because you can't pay rent um, or paying out of pocket uh, for some duration of time. That's the group I'm worried about. And I'm worried about them because they don't know they're in that group. So I think we're on the same page. And I think we started defining these categories for different reasons. What I was really getting at, and you know, similar to you, is that you and I and Katie really wind up talking to three different types of boxes. And, and I, I think based on what you're saying, I think there's four categories now. So the, the types of boxes that we wind up talking to are either A, I'm opening a box or slash taking over a box. So, and, and I think if you're doing either of those, kudos to you for being smart enough to realize I need help from the get-go. The most successful boxes, it's like anything. If you start doing something new, a new hobby, a new uh, you know, task, anything that you want to succeed in, find a coach, find a mentor, even if someone just a little better than you. But starting your own business and, and not thinking I need a coach is just nice. So you've got the brand new boxes. Secondly, we have the boxes that are like, I'm failing. And, you know, for, for reference to that, go back and listen to our episode with Jen from Bombshell. When she, when I was on our first call with her, I said to her, close your box and start coaching elsewhere or hire a coach. It doesn't have to be us, but if nothing changes, nothing changes. So you have, you have the new boxes, you have the failing boxes. I agree with you on the far end. There's the very small percentage, you know, CrossFit Rife being one of them, netting 100 new members in 2021. That's like, you're crushing it. Now, I would even say, though, those boxes need coaches too, right? You know, you get to the, you know. A thousand percent. Look at look at the UFC champions. You think they're trained, like all of a sudden they got there and they're like, hey, coach, I no longer need you. Of course, they, they bring on more coaches. Right. You know, so, but then in that middle there, is what I call the good to great boxes. And I think that's what you're describing. So when I say good to great boxes, and I think it's a curse, to be honest. I think it's- Well, you've referred, you've referred to it as a curse, which is the curse of the okay box. Yeah. And we have people that start off with us in that position, or often the ones that get on a call with us and they're like, you know what? I'm okay. And it's right. You are okay. You're making 36 you know, thousand a year working 18 hour days, you know, you have no help. You cannot take a vacation. You're, you're getting burned out. You're yelling at your members, but you're paying your bills. And I'm not even talking, you have a part-time job on the side. Many do. And they, they misconstrue I'm successful. It's like, no, no, no. Your job is paying you. This box is actually breaking you. But right. the good to great box, meaning if you just did a couple of these things, if you listen to us, you're going to be great. But because they're like comfortable, because they think they're successful, they, they also don't think they need coaches. Well, and this is why it's such a slippery slope because they're like, I'm good. To which my, my contention is like, you're good now because nothing's going on. Like, because, 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 there is no, because there is no hardship right now. Right. There's nothing kind of getting in your way. Again, this goes back to like you're good because the ecosystem has allowed you to be good. Right. But you're not actually in control in those scenarios. And again, I've been this guy. We're just like, hey, we're doing OK. But 
but that was because the ecosystem just allowed me to be that way. There was enough people in the area. There was enough knowledge and awareness of CrossFit because there's X amount of people in Hampton Roads and there's a lot of military folks around here. So they were, they were looking for it, right? And CrossFit at the time I was doing that was going through a growth phase, right? All the while I'm ignorant to all of these external factors that just allow me to exist. But I didn't do anything to facilitate any of that. Now, if you fast forward a couple years, and you start making some changes, and I make some changes, then I facilitated that growth. And then you go through the same iteration where like, I get here, and I'm like, okay, well, this, you know, you know, I kind of stopped doing what I need to do. And then I just exist in this state, because the ecosystem has allowed me to exist, and I've gotten a little bit of growth here. And then you hit another plateau, and then you have to change things again, which is what we did uh, at this point, basically two years ago, at which point, it's not by accident anymore. It's not just random that people are walking the door. I'm doing that. It's intentional. We had a plan. We executed it. We mapped it out. And essentially, we hit the plan in six months. The plan was a year, but now we're going to reevaluate because I've learned my lesson the hard way, which is I'm not just going to sit around and wait and wait for things to happen to me anymore. I'm not going to be that person who just allows the ecosystem to let me exist. I want to own the ecosystem. I want to be the person who pulls the levers and like is, is the master of my own fate, right? I want to be the person who makes sure that like, hey, when I want to dial this up, we just dial it up. And if I don't, then we dial it down. But I'm not going to sit around and wait for things to happen anymore in pure ignorance. And you had to go through multiple iterations of that to figure out, be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do any of this. Yes, I took the risk to open an affiliate. Yes, CrossFit did a lot of things to aid that at that time when I came in. But at some point, you get to a point where like, you're not doing anything. You're just not dying, essentially. Yeah, and I, I have a question. Oh, sure. Can I ask a question? Okay, so um, based on that, you guys are talking about then um, – the box then has to recognize or the box owner has to recognize that where they're at, they're okay. They're kind of complacent, but then a decision has to be made that they want to then not be where they're at anymore. So, right. Other than, rather than just staying where they're at. So Fern, um, you were just saying something had to happen. You made, you had to make a decision to not just be in that place anymore. So what prompted you to make that decision and how might someone who is in that similar situation be prompted to do that? Well, I've, I've told this story before. Mine was like a, a, a you know, a quasi tragedy, you know, where I had like a weird uh, moment of uh, extreme self-reflection. Uh, and I, I think you could take my experience and combine that with two different things. But I sense either something bad has to happen and you have to just be kind of sitting in the, in this woe is me state and realize like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to go ask help. Or you're just somebody who is, uh, kind of where what I would consider who is profoundly um, have a profound fear of mediocrity, right? It should be like, I the, like mediocrity keeps me up at night, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm not mediocre at things, but like the things that I want to be good at, if I'm not moving in the direction towards being great or being the best, then it keeps me up at night. So you fall in one of those two buckets, either that's just your personality and you've pursued that. And typically, if we looked back at your life, like you've pursued numerous things in this endeavor, right? Like you, you've chased something at, at all costs, at least once or twice in your, in your lifespan. Everybody else, like essentially you got to get punched in the mouth 
and then you make a decision. I mean, they're going to lay here on the floor and, and, and blame it on everybody else. It's the market. It's the other gym and the landlord hates me. You know, my wife left me like whatever, or you can get up and you'd be like, Hey, shit happens. I'm going to move on and I'm going to fix it. Is that it, Katie? Uh, that was good, yeah. That, well, <laughs> I, I was, it looked like you were going to say something, so. Well, I was waiting. I didn't know if you had a follow-up, but I think, no. I think the reason the good to great boxes struggle the most is because failure forces you to make a change and slaps you in the face like Vern just said. And if you're just okay, if you're good, you don't realize, okay, I am actually kind of failing, right? I'm not, it, it's, it's media, mediocrity, like Fern said, and I think too many people are, too many people accept mediocrity, you know, and, and I, I've learned in my life that there's nothing I want to be mediocre at, and that's why I'm always searching out for mentors. I'm always trying to learn, and sometimes that learning is these tall. Sometimes that learning is I'm going to read a book. Sometimes it's like I'm going to watch a course online but yeah it's 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 the it's almost like the novice the curse of the novice coach like we've discussed too it's like hey mm -hmm. you're decent cool you're getting people to move a little better and if you're complacent there you, you're never going to move beyond this and it's reminding me of you know the four stages of competency like we talk about and you're you're kind of describing for an originally you kind of had this conscious or unconscious competence right you weren't sure you were successful. You were competent, but not sure why. I thought I was successful. Again, I was living in a, in a state of ignorance because the ecosystem just allows you to be there. Well, that's true, too. I think we're kind of saying two different things. There's, there's, I'm actually successful at this thing. And then there's, I thought I was successful. And then as soon as CrossFit or as soon as whatever you're doing makes a slight tweak, like me, I'll give you a really good personal example, nothing to do with CrossFit. I've been training jujitsu a very long time. Very recently, in recent years, there's a whole new world of jujitsu that's opened up called leg locks. And that's where 50% of the body was basically ignored for a very long period of time, where I thrived because being a decent wrestler translated very well to that style of jujitsu. I can take you down and basically hold you down. Nowadays, the youngsters that are coming up attack part of my body that I'm not used to being attacked and I need to get better at that. So my old school mentality of cool, I can take you down and hold you down doesn't do well because as soon as I do that, they're just heel hooking me or ankle locking me. So, you know, you can be successful accidentally until whatever you're trying to be successful and evolve. And that's what CrossFit did, right? At first, I mean, Albany CrossFit was incredibly successful, not because of me, but because there was no other place to go. And when people wanted to get a great workout, you know, we had this dirty dungeon to work out in. But then as soon as CrossFit started hitting mainstream and more people started doing it and there was more options, it, it wasn't quite as easy to attract those members. A very recent example of this that a lot of people went through is was the fallout from last summer when they went, when, when, home office went through a transition, right? And, and I'm glad we went through it. I would have preferred to go through it a different way, but all in all, I think it was a, a, a very massive net positive. 
all the people that were struggling with their member base and massive cancellations and, and unaware and that were like quick to drop the brand and all of these things, my contention is the vast majority of them fall in that middle bucket. If you were in control and you were paying attention and you had good, solid relationships with your clients and you were actively engaged with them all the time and growth and, and you had a strategic plan throughout the year, these are the people that were just fine, right? And in some instances, some of them thrived. Right, depending on what you pivoted to. Now, I do you think there were some people that thrived and and pivoted incorrectly that then led to some failures, right? But that's that's neither here nor there, right? Like there's some strategic error. I I don't actually blame anybody for that. Like you you read the room and ended up reading the room wrong. But and and I'll just be like, listen, everybody had a 50-50 shot there. And be like some people chose left when you should have chose right. Just like whatever. So but I think that's a perfect example. There was a lot of a ton of gyms that folded in that scenario because they fell in the middle bucket. They're just like, I'm just here, just existing. And I said this when we went through that, my brand, and I posted because we were the only people where we was one of the only people that come out and said, I'm not ditching the brand because my brand and our gym and our community was CrossFit rife. We owned that. And people were like, you know, is what's happening with home office? hurting you? Nope. Not one bit. You know, were people upset about it? Sure. But they didn't hold that against me because I have a relationship. I was in control of that. We managed it. We nurtured it. We spent time with it. We were engaged in it all the time. Could we have done some things better? For sure. That will always be the case. There will always be problems. There will always be shit sandwiches to be eaten. Like that's never going to go away. But are you in control is the question. And the vast majority of people are not. Their ecosystem has just allowed them to exist. Yeah, and I think like we've been saying, that's, that's, that's a problem. You know, there, there's, I don't understand why people will hire coaches or try to become better at everything they do, that yet they open a business and don't think to themselves, hey, I should probably get some help here. I think it's ego. You think, I mean, let's be honest. Say there's 15,000 boxes. Amongst us and a handful of other coaches, I mean, 10,000 plus boxes aren't, aren't bringing on coaches. There's, there's obviously multiple things there, right? So uh, we could make a broad statement and it would, it would loosely apply because you have to think <sighs> – Across the globe, there's a lot of different variables going on there. So let's let's narrow this down. Let's say continental United States, okay. right? I think the concept that you're saying there, this now would apply. Because once you go international, then you talk about exchange rates and a bunch of like other weird stuff that nobody has control of. So context matters. But in the States, yeah, I think a lot of it is ego. I think a lot of it is ego. And people will say, yeah, I really need to do this. and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then they won't do it. Or they might admit it to us, but they won't. Or they won't admit it to us. They'll tell us, but then they won't admit it to themselves. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, and we've discussed this before within, within affiliate university. And even in general, just people signing up, it's the boxes that are on the brink of failure that are willing to sign up right away. Like, Hey, I'm putting this on a credit card. I'm going in debt for this. And then are also willing to put in a ton of effort and energy because they realize I need to do this. And those same boxes, in my opinion, 
typically wind up overtaking the good boxes that I'm referring to. And it's, it's, it's really the, um, you know what I would make, it's analogous to the technique and intensity lecture. If you're the person that joins CrossFit and you are all about intensity, you have this member at your box for, and I'm sure, Katie, you've seen it, the listeners, you've seen it. You join CrossFit, you show up to day one and you're like, man, that dude over in the corner, he's sweating, he's screaming, he won the workout. I want to be like that one day. And then you continue to show up, but instead of just going crazy like that guy, you listen to your coach. You put in the effort of like, okay, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to stretch after I'm done. I'm going to try to move really well. And slowly but surely, you start to catch up to that guy. And then one day, you beat that guy. And you never look back. And it's because you had a coach, you listened, where that guy's just comfortable being good. But you're now great. And I think that's really analogous to business. Like, yeah, if you want to be good, great, have fun. You're going to be there in a year. You're going to be there in two years. You're going to be there in 10 years. But these boxes that think to myself, okay, I need help and I need to get great. I want to get better. I'm going to listen and I'm going to put in the time, effort, and energy associated with that. Those are the boxes that are going to thrive in the future. I agree with you. And, and, and I think what we're trying to shed light on here is just is for, for a, to get a little bit more clarity on, on where everybody's at. Number one, I think most people grossly underestimate what they can physically do in their brick and mortar, meaning like how, how much they could grow the business. I was on a phone call with a business owner, maybe two weeks ago, called me, I'd given them some advice prior to opening the first gym. And they're like, I did everything you did and we're here. And they're, and they're doing well. Like they're doing well, right? By, by virtually every metric, they're doing well. And they, they were telling me, they're like, I'm going to open a second one. And I said, tell me more. Tell me more. And they start telling me a bunch of stuff. And I said, and this, was in, in, in this is the box I'm talking about. I'm like, you're doing well. The ecosystem is aiding you. Like you did some things very intentionally, but now you're making the mistake of, thinking that you're doing better than you actually are right and i know this is somebody who's done that right i'm like don't do it you're not where you think you are right you're actually pretty far away from where you think you are and that's okay right it's not like a shot of you it's not like hey look dummy right it's just like i'm just i'm, I'm trying to tell you as somebody who has a little bit clearer vision who's been down this road and knows where all the pitfalls are with regard to that you're not where you think you are and I was like, I don't think you should do it. And I just went through a series of questions, boom, 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 none of which had answers. And I was like, I was like, you're not really giving me a good vibe on why you should pursue this other thing. And, and what this brings to light is a, there's nothing wrong, right? It's not like, it's not like things are crushing, but it's like, there's nothing wrong. Right. And then B what happens in a lot of these scenarios when people do the second space is something or someone presented an opportunity that now created a false urgency that isn't really there. I'm like, oh, they're gonna give me, they're gonna give me this stuff and they're gonna do the build out and they're gonna do all this. And I'm like, okay. I don't know why that means you need to go take on three times the liability uh, and have twice as much work when your thing over here is pretty good. It's pretty good. Like by most metrics, it's way better than most. However, 
it could be three times better if you just allocated all that time and energy and resources to this thing. Because what if you grew it to 3x, right? And it was just way better. But this, the false sense of urgency was like, hey, if you don't do this, this is not going to happen. I'm like, let it go. Let the shiny thing pass by because now you're distracted off of your one thing because it's doing okay. And that is the problem. This is where sometimes people will make it out of that and sometimes people won't. Sometimes that will be their downfall. And it's like, just refocus on your thing. It could be better. Right? Just, like, just like fitness, all the analogies, they never stop. Right? It's just the same. Be like, hey, you're pretty good at that? Cool. What could you be better at? Yeah. Or can you can you do unbroken? Can you do 200 unbroken double owners? Maybe do that. Can you walk on your hands for 100 feet? Let's try that. Can you snatch your body weight? You can. Can you do it for touch and go? Right. Like the, it's endless. It's right. Just keep refining it over time so that you do become like the Matt Frazier and you are just like, no, no, I know exactly what I have to work on. And I'm going to do that so that you can never beat me because I'm in control of everything that goes on here. Like I know what my weaknesses are. I know what my strengths are and the things that I'm bad at, I'm going to become really good at. And then I'm going to redial in the things that I'm already good at. Right. So again, you can just treat yourself just like an athlete. We talked about this with regard to looking at your gym, with regard to how fit is your gym, with regard to the different aspects of your gym. And, and that's exactly why you need a coach. Sometimes you just need a coach to be like, Hey, 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 focus over here. Look over here. Stop looking over there. Right. And it's right. I mean, we've had so many people tell us they're going to open a second or third affiliate or their goal is, Hey, I want, I'm going to open my first affiliate, but my goal is to open, you know, a bunch in the area. I'm like, Hey, speed racer, slow down. And let's just do a good job with one. And, and, very often it leads to just a more satisfying experience. Yeah, if you do it, I mean, when I opened my second and then third affiliate, it was financially more successful. I was making more money, but I can promise you what I wasn't doing was having more fun. What I wasn't doing is having more free time. You know, I was burning myself out. I mean, if you're an affiliate owner listening, if you feel like you're working hard right now, adding a second or a third box is not going to alleviate that. No, no. Uh, the, the odds are heavily weighed on the scale of the side of you will be miserable. There are some people that can do it, right? And the people that I've known that have done it have done it in some other industry, right? Either in a previous professional life or something like that. But I don't, I don't think I know anybody that's done successfully that has no background there that was just like jam and then boom, popped open another one, boom, popped open another one. Or, and, or they have a really solid team behind them, you know, for both of my second and third affiliates, you know, and, and let's be clear, I was not 100% owner of those second and third affiliates. So yeah, if you have a partner that's taking on, whether it's 20, 40, 51% of the business, that's a slightly different scenario. But even then I would say, Let's, let's put some really deep thought into whether this is a good idea. Well, that, and that has a whole nother set of questions coming into it because if you, if that is a 51, 49 or a 50, 50 or something like that, we all know that the, the business like has to run at a larger scale in order to fake basically feed two mouths. Right. So, which is always my contention was like, Hey, if, if you can have a business that has 50, 50 partners, that's feeding two people, why wouldn't you just do that and make it feed one? 
think it's a lot of like like you said earlier it's a lot of ego it's like i want to be the guy with two boxes i want to be this i want to be that and you know maybe it's getting older maybe it's having a baby it's like i want to be the guy that loves what they do makes okay money you know and and has free time downtime downtime right well i also i i think this is an interesting one this is, I blame this totally on social media. And I think a, a lot of people are doing things of that nature to avoid actually doing the work, right? This is, think about this. The perception of hard work is a drug and people really like to take that drug, right? Oh, people think I'm working hard. And I'm always like, listen, if you got time to post on social media about how fucking hard you're working, I don't think you're working very hard. I'm sorry. I just don't. Right. So I want you to think about that. It's just like, Hey, the perception of doing all these other things and you're just doing busy work is not working hard. Working hard is like mastering one thing. I mean, just like mastering the shit out of it, which, you know, like, you know, every knob to turn in there, you know, where every crack is, you know, how to dial in every single thing in there. And why would you not master that thing first before you try to go do it a second time? Until you can explain the ins and outs of every single piece of your affiliate, in no way, shape, or form should you try to replicate it because it's imperfect. And not that it's ever going to be perfect, but you definitely don't have the knowledge and the mastery to replicate it because well, you don't even know why it works. That's what I was going to say. Most people are not at conscious competence. Like go, and that's, you know, within affiliate university one of the very first things we do is try to help people understand what's drawing people to their affiliate most people don't know that and then they talk to some of their favorite members and they're like i had no idea that they were coming here only because our class is at 5 15 and not 5 30 or because we have a shower that they never use you know there's so many reasons but they, they don't understand that and it's like well how do you expect to replicate that when you don't even know why it's working in the first place all, this is something you should you should always ask yourself, which is you had a, a big influx of people come in the gym. Why? And they're like, I don't know. Problem. There's a problem. Why don't you know? Okay. So, and what? until you get to the point where you're like, hey, this is kind of a secondary effect of something that we're doing, but I can very, very confidently attribute it to that. That's when you st really start to dial things in, which is like, hey, we uh, have been doing, we changed our uh, Google tag words on our website. And I've, been, and I've been writing blogs for the past eight months. And because I figured out what the search terms were that people were looking for. So I started weaving those in there. And then my Google search started to really, really tick up stuff like that. This is something I tell people all the time. If your website's not performing, number one, CrossFit is still the number one fitness term searched on the interweb. Okay. When you go on the line, that's what people are searching. So if you're not getting leads, the searches are still happening. They're just not finding you. So what's the problem there? Right. Then inside of that, it's just like, you're not getting in referrals. Why not? Right. You are getting referrals. Why? Right. Like you should be able to very definitively point to a thing. How did that happen? Well, this, this is what happened right here. I can attribute these four things to this growth right here. 
and I'm constantly trying to figure out with a big influx. I'm like, okay, cool. I see that. I'm looking at some of these other things. Yep. I can attribute at least a 70 to 85% of the growth to the things that we are actively participating in. So, so let's flip this around as we wrap up. Let's, let's turn it to you. Let's put you on the spot. Net 100, 2021. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a whole separate podcast. Um, here, I mean, here's what I'd say. I do everything we talk about on this podcast. This is, I'm not like pontificating. Like, <laughs> literally doing all of those things. Revamped the onboarding long, long time ago. Redialed in the referral program. Reframed how we think about retention. Um, you know, redialed in all the stuff we do on social media. And we have like two to three more iterations of that that I'm still have yet to roll out to social media. Um, so all of that investing in the staff, making sure that the coaching staff is where they need to be. Um, all of it is intentional, rebuilding the website, dialing it in. What's the strategy long-term for that? Like all of those things, none of it is by accident. And when you look at all the things that I've dialed in there, you're just like, of course you grew by a hundred people. Not like, wow, how'd you do that? Of course is the answer. Yeah. I'll give you an example. You, you had a staff meeting last night, right? We did. Most likely, I believe you have staff meetings on Wednesdays typically, right? We have two types of staff meetings. So we have the group staff, which is once a month. That's all the, the whole staff. That was last night? That was last night. Wednesdays, we do a team huddle with the Cassidy, Lindsay, and I. That happens every Wednesday. I thought maybe you were having your Wednesday meeting Monday because we'll be in town. No, because you guys won't be in town until late Wednesday. So that meeting is still going to happen. And I'm bringing in somebody tomorrow to do like a guest spot with the team, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm actively facilitating growth and, and development within the team. Like, and, and I'm not hitting the mark all the time, which is fine. But again, shoot for the stars, land on the moon. I'd be pretty happy on the moon with me and Jeff Bezos and, and uh, Russell, uh, or uh, no, um, who's the Virgin Airlines guy? Sorry. Oh, uh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're all going. We're all. We're, we're all. We're all. We're all going to the moon together. So but I think one yeah. thing you know, people will say about Fern is you know he's got a tough personality. He's very hard to deal with, hard to get along with. Yeah, of course he is. But you wouldn't say that. Just me. But I, you know, it's admirable that you also admit when you're not um, hitting the mark, right? Like you just said, I'm, I'm aiming for it. I'm not perfect, but most, I mean, most box owners don't have that ability to be introspective and be like, shit, I wish I would have done that a little better. Or, you know, it's, it's, and that's really the fifth stage of competency, right? It's cool. Now that you have conscious competence, now that you know what's going well, do you have the ability to sit back and look at it, provide yourself feedback and understand how you can even get better? I don't hit most of the time. Oh, I would say all. Right. I, that actually, I mean, if we're going to be very candid, that's probably accurate. Typically like the third or fourth iteration of a thing is when it'll stick. Do you have an example at the box that you've, you tried were terrible, 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 great. Um, onboarding is one. Uh, this might be the fifth or sixth evolution of that. I'm like, okay, we like you keep refining and then you really start to understand what it's for. And now it's, 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 it could still be refined, but it's by far the best variation of it that we could possibly come up with. Then 
What else? Social media. That's a tough one because that's a constant evolution, but you try it. You're not good at it. You're inconsistent. Stay with it. Cool. This podcast is one, an example. It's a, right. That's what I was thinking. Like just you and I together, like we've, we've done a couple of things until we've really nailed it, but even the podcast. Yeah. I mean, we we've grown this, we've brought on, you know, young Katie of full disclosure, contemplating getting rid of her. Cause she's, you know, becoming a little too you know, big for her britches, if you will. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we've, we've, we've evolved. We've, we've really grown and it takes time. It takes you and I having those private calls, like, Hey, what can we be doing better? Let's, you know, thinking about it, listening to it, etc. But too, too many people just in general are like, I'm good. Like I said, you know, I'm good. Cool. If you're comfortable being good, that that's a problem. Yeah. It's just the old adage. If you're not growing, you're dying, you know, and, and yeah, you're good. You're good now. But if you're just good with being good now, you're very quickly not going to be good in short order. And, and I think that's just something to just be aware of, which is even if you're crushing it, there always exists a, a, a scenario in which that just goes away. So what's the next thing? Like, how do I continue to buffer myself in this scenario? And that could, that could literally mean exit strategy. It's not always continual growth. It just mean I'm good, man. Like I did it and I'm going to cash out, right? Like that could be like literally good for some people. We're like, I'm cool. Like if this is, I did it right. I, I built something that was worth leaving to somebody else and then, and they can have this thing and try to, and try to evolve it further. So it doesn't always have to be like, you know, growth forever. Right. But all of these things are, are intertwined. Like you can't get to that point where you cash out if you're like really cashed out. I mean, if you're not trying to grow something that would allow you to do that. Um, and I think it's just acknowledging like, where do I really, do I, do I, am I in control? Right. Or do I at least have a, a moderate amount of control? Or am I just navigating the landscape, like not getting eaten at this point? Like I'm just roaming around, not getting eaten, right? Or am I the king of the jungle is, is kind of the way you want to think about that. You know, nothing has come across your path and, and put a serious monkey wrench in what you got going on. Um, and there will always be monkey wrenches. Like it, that will never, that will never not be the case. It's just what's your ability to deal with them? is the question. And if you're in control, it's a lot better. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. 
Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs. My favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%.